So, here we are, again, mentioned last week, this is a, the pre-Lenten season. So as we prepare to prepare during this pre-Lenten season, let us remember the ongoing threefold way of purgation, illumination, and union with Christ. This is always the path that we are called to follow. Not just during Trinity Tide when I might preach through that theme as the lessons are laid out in that way. Uh, not uh, just maybe in Lent as we're heading that direction, I'm going to encourage it. But always we are called to follow this path of purgation, illumination, and union. We must daily purge our sins, seek the light of the Holy Spirit in our lives, and seek to rest in union with Christ himself as we pray in the canon of the Mass that he may dwell in us and we in him. This grand project of our lives has its ups and downs. After all, we are not Christ. We are seeking to be at one with Christ. There are times of encouragement as we see growth in our character, in our prayer life, in our spirituality. We can often be encouraged then to see our normal or habitual sins decrease in our lives. Our relationship with others flourish. Our service to God and others increase in those up times. Of course, there are also times where we fall right back into our old sinful habits. Even sometimes after conquering them for weeks, months, even years, sometimes we will find ourselves unguarded and seek out the path of our old sins. That is, unfortunately, human nature. There are other times where we harm our relationships and see our prayer life fall apart. That's the curse. That's the fall. That's the sinful nature that we have started within our lives. Not the sinful nature that didn't exist when God created Adam and Eve, when he created the world. But since the fall, we've been stuck with this tendency to err. Tendency to want what we want and not what God wants. That's what we call a sinful nature. Our calling is to pursue a holy God with a big agenda for his world and a big agenda for each of us. As we look at the gospel lesson this morning, let's keep in mind our pursuit of union with Christ and examine our own hearts, our own soils, and perhaps better prepare our hearts to hear the seed of God's word. Turn it with me, if you would, to page 696 of the Pew Bibles, and let's look at our lesson, our gospel lesson today. The Gospel of St. Luke, chapter 8, and we start at verse 5. A sower went out to sow his seed, and as he sowed, some fell by the wayside, and it was trampled down, and the birds of the air devoured it. Some fell on rock, and as soon as it sprang up, it withered away because it lacked moisture. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up with it and choked it. 
but others fell on good ground, sprang up and yielded a crop an hundredfold. Jesus then, at the bequest of the disciples, Jesus then interprets the parable starting at verse 11. Now the parable is this, he says, the seed is the word of God. Those by the wayside are the ones who hear. Then the devil comes and takes away the word out of their hearts, lest they should believe and be saved. But the ones on the rock are those who, when they hear, receive the word with joy. And these have no root, who believe for a while and in time of temptation fall away. Now the ones that fell among the thorns are those who, when they have heard, they go out and are choked with cares, riches, and pleasures of life, and bring no fruit to maturity. But the ones that fell on the good ground are those who, having heard the word with a noble and good heart, keep it and bear fruit with patience. St. Cyril of Alexandria points out to us that Jesus is truly the sower of all that is good, and we are his farm. We are the soil. He continues, the whole harvest of spiritual fruits is by him and from him. He taught us this when he said, without me you can do nothing. So my friends, let us remember that when we are moving forward in that threefold way, purging our sins, seeking the guidance and light of the Holy Spirit, and consistently finding more and more union with Christ, we are doing so by the power of God. We can do none of that consistently and pleasing unto God without His power in our lives by the Holy Spirit. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of light, most assuredly including our spiritual growth. When we are not growing, we need to start to root out sin. St. Clement of Alexandria, a very well-educated early father in Alexandria, Egypt, notes that God has given humanity the wisdom of the Greeks and that that wisdom actually has some items of truth or representations of the reality. Let me quote him. It is clear, he says, that the Greek preliminary education combined with philosophy itself has come from God to human beings, not as an ultimate goal, but rather as rainstorms bursting on, bursting on fertile soil, manure heaps and houses alike. Grass and wheat sprout alike. Fig trees and other less respectable trees grow on top of graves. These growths emerge in the pattern of the genuine articles because they enjoy the same power of the rain, but they do not have the same charm as those that grow in rich soil. They either wither or are torn up. Yes, the parable of the seed as explained by the Lord has its place here too. He then explains that there is only one cultivator of the soil within human beings. It is the one who from the first, from the foundation of the universe, has been sowing the seeds with potential growth, who has produced rain on every appropriate occasion in the form of his sovereign word. 
So our soils need to be prepared by the Lord and by our hard work. <clears throat> we have this reality of the sower and the preparer of the soils, both of them being God Almighty, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. And he sows the seed of his word in the world and in our lives. So how does our own spiritual life compare to those soils whereof we read this morning? Now, we might be tempted reading that gospel lesson to think that we've progressed beyond the first example, the seeds sown on... <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> the seeds sown on the wayside. The ones who hear, then the devil comes and takes away the word out of their hearts, lest they should believe and be saved. Many of us would say, well, I'm already baptized. I've been a Christian for years or decades. <clears throat> I'm already a member of the church. I'm beyond this example in my spiritual life. Please don't think that way. The spiritual life, as we've been saying, takes constant vigilance. I've known many serious Christians who have given up on their spiritual lives completely, and many who have subsequently given up on the Christian faith altogether. My friends, we have spiritual enemies. We're coming into Lent, the time in which we Continue to train for warfare, for battle with those spiritual enemies. Not that we're not always training in some sense, but Lent is that special time. And those enemies will do their utmost to help us to disbelieve, to give up on our faith, on our spiritual life, to doubt. We must be careful not to allow ourselves to be entrapped by our enemies as we pursue our spiritual lives. We must actually be pursuing and not doing something else. St. Cyril notes the type of person who will be easy prey for the enemy. All whose minds are hard and unyielding and so to, so to speak pressed together. Do not receive the divine seed. The divine and sacred admonition does not find an entrance into them. They do not accept the words that would produce in them the fear of God, and by means of which they could bring forth as fruits the glories of virtue. Let those who are awake, who, who have ears to hear, whose heart is sterile and unfruitful, open your mind. Receive the sacred seed. Be like productive and well-tilled soil. Bring forth to God the fruits that will raise you to an incorruptible life. The second type of soil is the rocky soil. Those with rocky soil where they hear, receive the word with joy, and these have no root who believe for a while and in time of temptation fall away. Cyril instruct us, instructs us again. There are men whose faith has not been proved. They depend simply on words and do not apply their minds to examining the mystery. Their piety is sapless and without root. 
Are our spiritual lives going deeper than the surface, my friends? It's very easy in our culture to play at the religious life, to sort of put it on as a mask. Are we challenging our minds with the faith? Cyril here calls for applying our minds to mystery, to the mystery of the sacraments themselves, to the mystery of the word, to the mystery of this relationship that we so often use that word today that we have with Christ. He says, St. Cyril, that this type of person or one of us who is in this type of place in our spiritual lives, because I think we have times and moments where we become these different soils as we fall off of the hard path. He says that this type of person will joyfully receive instruction in the church, and then when we leave, we at once forget the sacred doctrines and go about in our customary course, not having stored up within ourselves anything for our future benefit. That sounds like the hard work of discipleship, of using all of our minds, hearts, bodies to worship God and to learn of God. He concludes with, if the affairs of Christians go on peacefully and no trial disturbs them, even then they scarcely maintain the faith, and that, so to speak, in a confused and a tottering way. When persecution troubles them, and the enemies of the truth attack the churches of the Savior, their heart does not love the battle, and their mind throws away the shield and flees. The third type of soil we see in our lesson is the soil with thorns. People with this type of soil in their hearts are those who, when they have heard, go out and are choked with cares, riches, and pleasures of life and bring no fruit to maturity. Cyril cautions us about having this type of soil and gives us the remedy for our pursuit of the threefold way of growth. In these things, we must be like skillful farmers who patiently cleared away the thorns and uprooted whatever is hurtful. And then we scatter the seed in clean furrows. One can say with confidence that doubtless they will come with joy bearing their sheaves. If a person scatters seed in ground that is fertile in thorns, fruitful in briars, and densely covered with useless stubble, he sustains a double loss. First, he loses his seed, and second, his work. In order that the divine seed may blossom well in us, let us first cast out of, out of the mind worldly cares and the unprofitable anxiety which makes us seek to be rich. Let us be content with what God has given us, my friends, and let us only be content with fertile and well-tilled soil in our hearts. We want a heart of soil that will produce the rich yield of union with Christ. That kind of life requires us to be on guard against allowing our soil, soils to become hard and packed, rocky or overgrown with thorns and briars. Make no mistake, this is all hard work. 
And that's what we enter into in Lent, hard work. St. Cyril says that when the divine word falls upon a pure mind, skillful in cleansing itself from things hurtful, it fixes its root deeply and shoots up like an ear of corn. It brings its fruit to perfection, being strong in blade and beautifully flowered. This is the type of spiritual life we all want. May we pursue it with vigor during this Lenten season ahead of us. Amen.